0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with me. I already see people complaining about packet loss. So what I am trying to see is where this packet loss is. Can folks hear me? Are we out of sync? What are we doing? Again, remember, this is a new location, so I have to figure out all the different avenues with the network here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So give me a lowdown as far as what you're seeing, how connected we are. Okay, folks, please remember if you're just joining us, give that thumbs up to our show. Please give that thumbs up both on Facebook and on Insta, uh, both on Facebook and on YouTube so that we can get all of this stuff going out of sync. How bad out of sync is it today? Give me a timing in if you get a chance to tell my voice versus the activity. I am not exactly sure why the out of sync is here. But I'm looking and trying to figure this out as we speak. Again, this is this. I hope to get all these kinks worked out of here uh, sometime soon. Anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. About 20 seconds or so. Oh, that's terrible. If it's 20 seconds or so, I'm looking at drop packets, and it does seem to be that we are having a considerable amount of drop packets, and I don't understand why we would have those drop packets. Um. I have two choices I don't want to, um, let me do, while we're talking here, let me do a, uh, a, a, a quick test here. I did the test before we started, but I, what I want to do, folks, is uh, do a, 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 a speed test, because we, we, this is a very, very fast network, and we haven't had any problems. Yeah, the network's download is to die for. Um, anyhow, we have a great show for you today. A wonderful show for you today. We're going to talk about, yeah, both both of the, net, the speeds are great. I'm not sure where the packet losses are coming from, but we will figure that out in due time. Okay, forget, l- l- let's let's forget about all of that for the time being, and let's talk about what the show is going to be. The show today, titled, Schumer Slams GOP on Debt Ceiling as Manchin Continues His Dino, BIPOC, Art and Culture Grants. Okay, great. Uh, uh, Courtney says, just slightly out of sync on my end. Anyhow, let's go ahead and start saluting you guys. First of all, I want to say, welcome aboard, Courtney, the SLP. Welcome aboard, E2247. Welcome aboard, E2247, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard, AVQ. Thank you so kindly for being here. Deb Denny, Bridge MCP. Tom C, out of sync, but audio is good. And we have, uh, let's see what else we got here. Okay, okay. If I if I skipped any one of you, call me out. Anyhow, from Michael Rodden, six aspects of six aspects of American life threatened by climate change. Two dozen federal agencies flag the biggest danger posed by a warming planet. The list spreads across American society. Our government already knows what's coming, but they aren't doing it nearly enough to prevent the worst outcomes. Just one highlight from the article: the Department of Agriculture lists the ways climate change threatens Americans' food supply. Changes in temperature and precipitation patterns, more pests and disease, reduced soil quality, fewer pollinating insects, and more storms and wildfires will combine to reduce crops and livestock. But that is not the only thing, guys. I mean, and you know, it's scary. And I'm glad that you keep on keeping on on this particular aspect. It is a national security issue. The biggest problem we have here is that now the possibility of you know, we think migration is bad now. Think about the migration coming from the north. I mean, coming t- south, up north, all these places from the equator is spreading out. That is what we're looking at. But worse, we're actually looking at this being not only an ecological disaster, but one that can affect land masses throughout. There's some more I'd like to talk about, but I'll, I'll get it. Abri uh, says, Leta, that da waiting for me, peeps. I like that. Leta da waiting for my peeps. I like that. All right, Renan also says, No time to waste. Climate leaders call for passing reconciliation bill before you end summit. Last chance to save the civilization is slipping by as corporations seek more short term profit at everyone else's expense. And that is the magic. Our economic system that they like to tell you. Free enterprise, not free enterprise, I believe in free enterprise. When they tell you the market will solve the problems, the market has no soul, the market has no feelings, the market just makes money for today. Building new renewables is cheaper than burning fossil fuels. Yes, it is. If you need selfish reasons to promote green energy, fossil fuel air pollution kills 10 million people per year, and also green energy is now cheaper than fossil fuels. If not for the government policy to subsidize fossil fuels... This shift would have already occurred. I don't know, for those of you who are young, back in 1976, 77, 78, President Carter created a program called SynFuel, I believe is what it was. And the the idea was to turn other things into fuels that we could use, synthetic fuels. And it went big in Brazil. Brazil, for the most part, is energy efficient with its alcohol-based Fuel burning, you know, again, that's renewable. Why? You grow the plant, you turn the plant, you take the carbon out of the plant and and that cycle continues. Now, here's the deal. We decided when Reagan came into office, he got rid of sin fuel. He got rid of the solar panels on the top of the White House that that was placed there by George by uh, Carter. And again, that was in 1977. How many decades ago that was. And that's what actually happened. So, um, anyhow, continue. Here's what happened when men in tech share their salaries. What happens when salary transparency is no longer taboo? Those on the low end get raises, especially if they are women or minorities. The ones definitely, uh, definitely a recommended read for after the show. What is that article? Or if you prefer to. Format Adam ruins everything. Had a great segment about this half a decade ago. Hey, thanks for that. Uh, I'll go ahead and look that into it. Bree says, Sound off and on YouTube and buffering. Okay. Tell me how we're doing right now with the sound, etc. Seems he reloaded. Working great. I heard. I'd love to hear that. AVQ says, Without watch clock on the screen, hard to tell exactly how long the sync is. You're right, Mike. You're correct. Only slight out of sync, according to SLP. Carl Cox, welcome aboard. Uh, Let's see who else we have here. Uh, Support HR 7781 and Polluter Welfare Act of 2020. Agreed. Uh, Continue, and I keep pushing global warming and environmental news on the daily because it is existential threat and our civilization is not taking it seriously. And that's why every single time you talk about it, Brother Rudnin, you know you have a place here where we will put it out. Peggy Lopez, welcome aboard. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Paul Fleming, ATL, checking in. During the campaign, President Biden called for a ban on new oil and gas leases on federal land, and he did it through executive action within weeks of taking office. Uh, Carl Cox, free enterprise, is crony capitalism, works for the mega-rich and the mega-corporations to bleep with the rest of America. Uh, audio is good. Sync is only a few seconds off, I think. Great. I'm glad to hear that it's not all that bad. I hope it eventually catches up. We'll see. Who here agrees with the current administration using the DOJ to go after parent and, t- and school meeting and, and quiet people? Audio is slower than video, but yeah, four seconds or so. It is interesting. Um, Hayes, like I keep telling you, get off the right-wing media. What I mean, if you take a look at what's going on at school boards, you see right wingers threatening people that want masks and saying we will find you. There is there is an inordinate amount of stuff out there showing the violence. Many of these crazy parents that don't want to protect uh, innocent kids from being ill, what they're doing. So that is that is a fact, Jack. Anyhow. I, b- before I go into the interview that I had today about, um, uh, I want to I play a piece. I was happy with the way Biden handled the employment report. The employment report is good. 194,000 people got employed. Again, it didn't meet that expectation. In other words, somebody said it's got to be 500,000 500, people. So we got one hundred ninety-four, and it's the end of the world. I remember the days when 100,000 employed would have been great especially at an unemployment rate of 4.8%. But anyhow, uh, what Biden did, I think, is he made sure to put the positive spin on the unemployment report. I repeat, Biden did the right thing by putting the appropriate spin on the employment report. And I'm going to just play a section of that that I want you guys to uh, take a look at, and then we'll take it on the other side.
1: Today. For the first time since March of 2020, the American unemployment rate is below 5%. In just eight months since I became president, in the midst of a grave public health and economic crisis, unemployment rate is now down below 5% at 4.8%. Let me just repeat that. Today's report has the unemployment rate down to 4.8%, a significant improvement from when I took office and a sign that our recovery is moving forward even in the face of a COVID pandemic. That improvement was widespread. Unemployment for Hispanic workers was down, and the unemployment rate for African Americans fell almost a full percent. And it's now below 8 percent for the first time in 17 months. A drop of 496,000 in long-term unemployment is the second-largest single-month drop since we started keeping records. The largest was in July. So in the past three months, we've seen a drop of 1.3 million long-term unemployed. That's the largest 3 months fall in long-term unemployment since we started keeping records in 1948. More to do, but great progress. And working Americans are seeing their paychecks go up as well. In September, we saw one of the largest increases in average wages paid to workers of working Americans on record. Today's report comes one day after the Labor Department found In the third quarter of this year, the number of layoffs and job reductions was the lowest in this country since 1997. Overall, the unemployment report shows almost 200,000 jobs were created last month, over 300,000 in the private sector, and 26,000 in manufacturing, offset by some seasonal adjustments in education hiring. The monthly totals bounce around, but if you take a look at the trend, it's solid. On average, 600,000 new jobs created every month since I took office. And in three months before I got there, that was one tenth what was being created. It's 60 to 60,000 as opposed to 600,000 jobs a month. In total, the job creation in the first eight months of my administration is nearly 5 million jobs. Jobs up, wages up, unemployment down. That's progress. And it's a tribute to the hard work and resilience of the American people who are battling through this pandemic, working to keep their businesses afloat. Remember, today's report is based on a survey that was taken during the week of September the 13th, not not today, September the 13th, when COVID cases were averaging more than 150,000 per day. Since then, We've seen the daily cases fall by more than one third, and they're continuing to trend down. We're continuing to make progress. Right now, things in Washington, as you all know, are awfully noisy. Turn on the news and every conversation is a confrontation. Every disagreement is a crisis. But when you take a step back and look at what's happening, we're actually making real progress.
0: We're actually making real progress. And that is the truth. We are actually making real progress. And what is great as well is uh, he points out, uh, or I, I think it was later on in the interview, he points out that the, uh, the build back better is essential because there are a lot of people who can't get jobs because they cannot afford childcare. So you want to get more people working, you want to get more people employed, then go ahead and pass these bills. That allow that to happen. Look, um, yesterday there was an issue with uh, Mansion. You know, Mansion continues his, his 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 feet to somehow reduce uh, build back better. He doesn't want he doesn't want a state a a country that takes care of its own. He doesn't want a country that understands that unless everybody is doing fine, we have a problem, folks. If you're just joining us, please go ahead and do a thumbs up on. YouTube or a thumbs up on Facebook, wherever you're looking at it, please, we really could use those for the sake of distribution of the uh, of our, of our um, system here, not our system, of our video here. But anyhow, I want you to listen to what Bernie Sanders had to say because I think it's prescient. Bernie is not going to take it silently anymore. We have Joe Manchin, the person from West, the senator from West Virginia. He has likely the first or second poorest state in the country. People that are dependent on, because of bad state management, not bringing industry, not educating their people, not doing all the things that are necessary to have a vibrant uh, citizenry. They need the support from the, uh, from the Biden uh, to make a better economy. They need that. And he's one of the objectors. Well, he's not saying what he wants to take out of the bill, and but, you know, Bernie's been nice. Bernie's been trying, and he finally has had it. I want you to take a look at this, and then let's take it on the other side.
2: Thanks very much on a busy day for being here. Uh, I just want to say a few words about some of what's going on. And As chairman of the Senate Budget Committee, uh, I want to say a few words about the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, that a number of us are fighting for. And I'd also like to make some brief comments uh, about what Senator Manchin uh, said earlier today. Senator Manchin, as I understand it, talked about today about not wanting to see our country become an entitlement society. Well, I am not exactly sure what he means by that. Senator Manchin has been extremely critical of the $3.5 trillion proposal that many of us support. In fact, 9 out of 11 members of the Budget Committee support. But the time is long overdue for him to tell us with specificity, not generalities, we're beyond generalities, with specificity, what he wants and what he does not want, and to explain that to the people of West Virginia and America. Look, it's, it's very easy to use vague phraseology. My concern with Mr. Manchin is not so much What his views are, I disagree with him. But it is that it is wrong. It is really not playing fair that one or two people think that they should be able to stop what 48 members of the Democratic caucus want, what the American people want, what the President of the United States wants. That would be my position. So Senator Manchin has a right to fight for his point of view. He has not only a right to be heard, he has a right to get some compromises. He's a member of the Senate. But two people do not have the right to sabotage what 48 want and what the president of the United States want. That to me is wrong. We need some specificity here. It's not good enough to be vague. You want to cut child care? How much do you want to cut child care? You want to cut climate? Cut climate. What? How much do you want to do that? Tell us with some specificity what you want.
0: No doubt about it. Bernie got upset and just about every one of those senators who support the uh, the Build Back Better bill, they they understand the frustration, both from cinema and from Manchin. But Manchin is the one who goes out and said, I don't want to create an entitled state. Well, you already live in an entitled state because your people are living off of the government already. But these programs that we have in the big back, uh, Build Back Better programs, these are things that are not going to keep you there but gives you the, the, the type of financial assistance so that you can move ahead. It's not all that difficult to understand. What is difficult is realizing that some of your benefactors are going to have to pay for it because they have extracted so much out of America. They have extracted so much out of the middle class. They have extracted so much out of the poor. Take it, look, their wealth isn't theirs. Their wealth is money's not paid you. Their wealth is the waste that they've dumped into the streams of West Virginia, filling them up with mercury and all these other heavy metals, etc. That's their legacy. Their legacy is theft, pilfer, and extraction. And it is time to get it back. And Build Back Better is just a tiny fraction of what should be recovered. We spend a A tiny fraction of what should be recovered. Anyhow, anyhow, uh, it is time now for us to go to our interview and we'll take it on the other side. And while I'm doing the interview, I'll go ahead and review the chat, see what you guys are telling me. Again, sometimes I have to turn sideways, all that kind of stuff with this new setup. But hey, we're going to get it done. Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, he has a whole lot to talk about. Sixto Wagen is the project director for the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. Uh, he leads BANF along with a seven-member board uh, steering committee and a nine-member accountability and advisory council made up of a diverse group of artists, curators, scholars, organizational leaders, and foundation partners who guide goals and priorities. Very important work. It's my pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right, Mr. Weigand, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for um, for being part of this and, and, and having this conversation with us. Well, I think this is
0: important because uh, it, it is, you know, uh, we, we, we talk about the arts, we talk about all these types of issues and seldom do we see some of the works of the others, if you understand what I mean. So, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, BANF?
3: So, it is a multi-year initiative uh, that was uh, founded as part of the Ford Foundation's America's Cultural Treasures Initiative, and uh, which really looked at uh, understanding in the moment of COVID nineteen and the social re- uh, reckoning uh, resurgence that there is need in order to address the historical inequities in terms of funding and funding crisis for our communities of color. and And that not only was this a national initiative, but it uh, Ford Foundation invited. Uh, regional uh, foundations to join in and to, to help uh, work on the work and the ideas that we've been talking over many years around equity and funding. And and Houston Endowment um, stepped up and actually invited a number of other local foundations, including Kinder, Powell Foundation, uh, the Brown Foundation, and the Collins Foundation, in order to join us to, to really explore what it would look like in order to have a, an opportunity to address this historic on like exclusion and create a collective approach that brings um, uh, community leaders into the same room and to actually understand how to create work and support uh, artists and communities of color and help th- like the communities of color actually to decide how that money should be spent.
0: Um, I'm going to ask you sort of a silly question but I think for a greater audience it's a very important question. Are there, we have artists all over the country, all over Houston, all over major cities as well. We take a look on TV and we see several artists um, that would fit the BIPOC qualifications. Uh, but generally those are the megastars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, many would then ask, is there really, is there really some difference between what BIPOC artists uh, versus the majority experience uh, because again you know perception is a lot different than reality
3: well i think that this is also like you bring up multiple like really important points on multiple levels and i think that um when we look on the the national international level we can actually identify some some superstars and some some significant people but the amount of energy and effort that it took them in order to become the superstars in order for them to, to to recognize the communities of support that it took for them to actually achieve that, that's actually part of what we need to address because we have. Um, I mean, let's just take Houston's Beyonce. and like, great, but Beyonce wouldn't be Beyonce if she didn't have the relationship in the in the churches that actually helped her understand um, music and understand what it meant to be part of a um, what it meant to be a black musician, and then. And in that aspect, then building other communities around that, and other communities of support. So I think that what we also are looking at is it's not just about being a superstar, but how do you actually be an amazing artist within this community? How do you actually do the work that's not just about the music, that, that's not about a, a commercial aspect, but actually just support, ex, explores and um, helps you understand how to be you. And like, let me just make this a little bit personal in terms of the fact that. I grew up um, as a child of immigrants in St. Louis, Missouri, and my parents um, with the Valorias and other families actually created the Filipino American um, Society in which I spent much of my um, adolescent years learning Filipino folk dance. Mm -hmm. And that is not ever gonna be a commercial success, but it was a really important grounding for me about what it meant to be Filipino American in a, a in a community where the majority of the people around me were white, and I think that this is the type of work that we're interested in is not just the the platinum level success or the international success, but really how do our communities of color come together in order to celebrate being being us and to celebrate being us and and how do new generations recognize that what what does it mean to be uh, black Latina, uh, like afro latina um, and all of these things simultaneously and l- utilizing our culture our our music our our visual arts um our dance our song as a way in order to explore celebrate and and challenge that
0: you know what I love about that uh, uh, mr Wagan is, is, is' interesting because um the, cult, the the multiculturalism that occurs in America uh, within the let's even say the arts community, and watching folks enjoying it all and having a uh, different groups having different levels of success because of mm-hmm. underlying socioeconomic conditions within a country means exactly or, or points exactly, in my opinion, okay. to the needs of a network like yours. In other words, let's you, you, you pointed out Houston, Houston has a lot of bars, Houston has a lot of a lot of these other industries that everybody partakes of. But if you go to most bars, the, the underrepresentation of the artists would be prevalent. How then does that become equal, not equalized, but well, well I, I don't, uh, merit, meritorized equally?
3: Well, I, I think that, you know, there, there's, uh, I think that that's actually one of the questions that we have and that's a part of what we're doing in terms of learning and exploration. And I think that one of the things in which um, we are developing this network not to identify, Um, what we believe is going to be the ultimate aspects of success. Right. Um, I think that where we need to shift is that what do our communities and what do our artists, what do our arts organizations, where are they, what do they think is successful for them and what what is important for them? Because I think that there's a a lot of work that's happening, particularly when we look at arts education, when we look at uh, uh, the uh, murals and, and, and interaction it is a yeah. the value of the one-on-one, the value of the small communities is as significant mm-hmm. to many of our artists as it is to be putting into the larger bands or the, the bars so and those spaces. And in fact, some of these spaces in which um being able to celebrate that in within the communities that you know and, and within the parks, within the green spaces, within all the places in which we actually live is perhaps more important than. Putting it into places in which uh, we have people who don't understand, who, who are unfamiliar with this and unfamiliar with the histories and unfamiliar with the traditions. So how do we build both of these things? How do we make sure that uh, the artists that we and the arts organizations that we're supporting actually help to determine what is important to them and and make sure that we actually have, you know, that the, it, it's not just about uh, the the. Um, like how, how do we make sure that they have the capacities to do what they want to make happen and and that we get to celebrate our communities
0: right now? I mean that is important, you know. Um in uh, you know you're you're in a political show and you're gonna be on KPFT and Pacifica Network and all these these things here, but ultimately speaking, we have this term that we use that we say all politics is local, all artistry starts locally. You become a star. You gave an example of Beyoncé. She had her genesis in the church. She had a genesis within the black community. Then she build, built layers around that. But she had, she's one of the rare uh, ones, and it, it may seem not so, but she's one of the rare ones that were that was able to uh grow that onion, the different layers uh, upon her success. And I like, there's another important thing that I think. I want everybody to hear out of what you said because when folks are talking many a times about supporting or having not cutouts but but acknowledging BIPOC, uh, many have a tendency to think what we're looking for is unearned equality, which what you're asking for is equal access to success, not equal success. You wanna expand a bit on that.
3: <laughs> All the time. Um, exactly. And I think that this is like what we, uh, this one is actually to address the fact that for generations, our arts organizations of color um, have not had the same access to, to philanthropy, have not had the same access to, to funding or even just to capital. And, it, it, and actually, we've had generations that have had to face the fact that our art was never even thought about as art that that's, that's that's nice for what you do, but that's actually that's not actually art because art ha- in, in so many generations has been, been defined by this white Western male gaze that only the things that were, were fit into the Museum of Fine Arts or fit into the Whitney became what was actually significant art. And really what we have been pushing and recognizing is that um, we need to shift what those opportunities are so that uh, there are that the people who actually need to generate what's important to our communities of color and to to our artists of color should actually be experts within our artists in in our own communities and and it doesn't necessarily need to have a, a a western academic lens in order to say that this is actually what art is this is what what is good is i mean Let's just say, like, like we've seen how the idea of excellence, the i, the term of excellence, has actually been weaponized against our communities of color. Mm-hmm. We've actually seen that because that um, it's only thought of as local, because it's only thought of as um, as a um, a black idiom or uh, like you know or a, a Latina idiom that 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 is never it's not really excellent. It's not really worth the the resources because. Mariachi is good for for mariachi for 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 those communities, but that's actually not that's not real music. And like, how many times have we heard that? How many times have we actually experienced the fact that our our experiences, our histories, our like in in, in our music has been belittled because it's not it's not white, white white Western enough. And I think that what we are trying to also say is that by shifting the dynamics with philanthropy, by actually adding our community uh, leaders into the same space. We actually challenging each other in order to understand how do we really support the work in the way that it needs to be supported, what does that look like, how do we learn from each other in order to do better, and you know and. And it's going to take a long time let's let's we're recognizing that it's amazing that we have $12.4 million for this five year initiative, but. 12 we're going to talk we're going to yeah.
0: talk about that 12.5 million, but I I just love so much of what you said there that I want to expand on it sure Beethoven. Beethoven, okay? Mm-hmm. And other types of music. So what's interesting is where the powers that controlled artistry would like to packetize it as you'd said before, meaning Beethoven, nice important music, calculated it has the right the right cadence, the right thing. Mariachi, reggae, and all these other things. Ah, yeah, that's cool. What has been an equalizer is how we've had BIPOC folks take a violin, play Beethoven, put their spin on it, and make something more amenable to society as it is today. What is great is watching how uh, how other forms of westernized artistry has adopted the artistry of BIPOC, incorporated it, and it then becomes okay. What What is amazing is that outside of the powers people themselves are putting all these artistries together now what's really needed as you have been speaking about is that financial backing your thoughts on that and then let's go into what you are offering
3: well i think that there's um what what we actually continue to think about is like this general arts ecosystem in which all of these things need to be supported and the ways in which that we have um our, um our artists of color actually reinterpreting rethinking like remixing so many of these western like you know what we've learned as western excellent you know kind of masters in that aspect and 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 utilizing you know we you look at kahindi widely you look at like you know like david mcgee who utilized the the ideas of the like the 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 painting masters and actually put um uh, uh, black faces black bodies into those spaces and and and, and twisting in that and that's amazing. But then we also have other artists who are deeply just recognizing that these are the forms. This is the way that we just need to exist. And how do we actually um remember, rekindle the relationships to you know our, our indigenous roots? And how do we actually celebrate that as a moment and and, and without necessarily having to think about the the lens of what history has told us is as, as excellent. So, how do we actually have a combination and a community in which all of these are coming together and and actually saying that this is not
0: better than this? In other words, they can stand alone. Absolutely,
3: and that they switch and and then and and, and and let's actually have the conversations as to why is this really like why is this radically important? Why is this really important? Why does why does this deserve? the same level of engagement and the same level of excitement and resources. But then also like, can we actually start learning from each other in ways? And it's like, where does a conversation happen? Where like, where do we actually break down the, these ideas of, um, I only do my thing, you can do your thing over there. And we're actually kind of interested in also, you're doing something great. How do we celebrate that? How do we, how do we all celebrate these things to recognize that we're actually part of this this larger community and this larger ecosystem within
0: Houston and beyond. You know, six. So that is that is endemic with, or that is actually within us. Don't you like going to an Italian restaurant or a reg, uh, or a Jamaican restaurant or a Portuguese restaurant? And you're not asking the Portuguese restaurant not to cook Portuguese. Would you like the difference? There is beauty in differences. Beauty. Absolutely. In differences. Now, tell us a little bit about the fund, th- this fund that you're working with, and I think there's a deadline that you have in October to give away a lot of money to uh, some independents. Talk to us a little bit about that.
3: So, um, so this fund is actually the the, the first um, round of funding in a multi-year initiative, and you know, as I said, it is a currently it is twelve point four million dollars over five years um, and that has been invested for foundation and and Houston Endowment Kinder. Um, powell cullen and brown foundations um plus hopefully so it's 12.4 million plus this first round of funding is um two million dollars that's going to go out into our bipoc communities that are supporting arts organizations and artist collectives um, that using a fiscal sponsor and the deadline for the application is october 22nd um so it's a really quick turnaround but it's a pretty easy application in terms of really understanding um what are you doing and who are you, who are you doing and what are your goals for being like for 2022? And, and then how do these grants, which are gonna range from five to $50,000, how could they actually help you uh, live into your goals and live into your vision of what success might be? And um, this is an opportunity to for our Latino, our black, our indigenous, our Asian, our Middle Eastern, all of our communities of color in, in Houston, actually um, to utilize this application as an opportunity for recognition for celebration and you know we, we've even done a few things to help make the the granting process a little bit easier in terms of some of the, the access is relatively easy but we also have in language like in Spanish application guidelines and um, and worksheets in order to make that happen and if there are other um, language translations that we need, please just identify for that for us and then we'll be working with the Alliance of Language Network of Houston in order to help support that
0: translation. Now, uh, Mr. Wigan, tell me again uh, who this grant applies to.
3: So it is for um, the nine county regions of Houston, Um, and uh, so that is Austin, Brazoria, Chambers, Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, uh, Liberty, uh, Montgomery, and, and Waller. And then it is for uh, nonprofit arts organiza- nonprofit organizations that have a, a, a significant arts and culture component and programming, as well as uh, artists collectives or arts organizations that don't have a nonprofit status, but they can actually go through a fiscal agent in order to be able to apply.
0: Excellent. I always ask this as my last question. It's a tough one. What did I not ask you that you would have liked me to ask you? there's so much to to talk about about
3: this this initiative and this work Um, and i think that what i'm most excited about right now is how the work that we are doing in terms of learning who's doing this who's learning who's doing this who has been doing this throughout the nine county region that is an opportunity for us to celebrate their work but it's also an opportunity for us to learn from them learn from what what are they what are they thinking what are they doing particularly in terms of the pandemic and how they have to respond and and how we as a I'd say collective um uh philanthropic community leaders artist leaders actually can learn from them and learn with them in order to recognize where our resources can cope um can be better utilized in the future and how we can actually advocate for our communities in, in um in the future, and not just recognize that it's it's not just going to be about money, but it's
0: about, about our long-term networks. Mr. Wigan, where can everybody who qualifies fill out that application? Where do they go to fill that application out?
3: They should go to um, HoustonBANF.org as our website, and all of the information in terms of our guidelines, our application process, and the online uh, um, application are all there. We've done a few um, information sessions uh, that are on our YouTube page. All of that is accessible through our.
0: Our website, HoustonBANF.org. Sixto wagon Project Director for, for BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank
3: you so much for the opportunity and thanks for the conversation.
0: We, all right, folks, I'm sorry for the drop packet. I don't know how the, the hard version is going to come out. We'll see how we can do any kind of adjustment. Uh, secondly, folks, let me go ahead and tell you, uh, first of all, uh, I wanna address some of the folks who call uh, my friend Sikto here uh, racist. I don't think so. I don't think he was trying to demean Western, um, Western art, Beethoven or anything. In fact, I brought up Beethoven to prove a point. The Fifth of Beethoven was a, a song that uh, another group in I think Philadelphia made into their own flavor and it just showed you the commonality about music. And But what what the issue is, is that no music or no form of art form is superior to another. While uh, what he was trying to point out is we have not looked at it in those forms here in America. And what his attempt and his groups are trying to do is give that every single culture's art forms have uh, merit to that culture and others and Just not to have any particular one monopolize on the other, and I think I had a few people talk about. I saw people talk about uh, if you if you if you start talking about equality or start talking about not giving people, um, you know, taking advantage of others or whatever. No, nobody here uh, in at politics done right has ever said we are looking for absolute equality. Absolute equality is generally not a possibility. As an example, if I don't want to work a lot and Daniel don't want to work hard. There's no way that Daniel Ledeau and I should have the same compensation uh, from an economic point of view. But what, we, what Daniel and I should have equally is equal access to success. In other words, the building blocks that allows me to get as far as I want to be must be no less than the building blocks that allows George, uh, Daniel Ledeau to move forward. It's, it's that simple. Equal access to success. That, means, that, takes, that makes human beings, that allows human beings to maximize on their entire potential and desires. It's not asking for handouts, but it is saying that one of the good things about society is society can mitigate that which causes people to not have equal access to success. If you are born of a poor parent, as opposed to somebody born of a rich parent, because of that thing that you had no control over, should you should you forever be endowed with poverty? No. And that's where society mitigates those imbalances. And that's what we're talking about. Um, I want to before I continue reading all that those great messaging that you have out there, I want to first tell everybody a humongous thank you for having our, uh, our studio, the studio that will, it's already purchased, it'll be coming and as soon as I get the studio, I'm going to put it in that, that little corner of this, uh, this small apartment where we're going to set up and I'll send you a picture of what you, all of you that are watching me that were contributors to politicsandright.com slash GoFundMe, all of you, including those also that have contributed in other ways, it's your studio. And that's why I will be aiming to bring you the best type of programming I can, and I will continue to do so. But I want to give you the most heartfelt thank you for allowing this remote politics done right to go forward. I promise you better quality uh, when I get everything, all the kinks out and set up appropriately. You guys are winners. Anything that goes over the price of what we're paying, I'll be using for parking and all that good stuff because I drive to the to see my, uh, to see my daughter every single day at the rehab center and it becomes expensive at $8 a day. So, I mean, um, uh, it, it, you know, what you guys are doing have been immeasurable. And the one thing that the one thank you that I give is to say, I've gotten from people I don't know. I've gotten from people I know. I've gotten from family, friends, acquaintances. um, uh, I I told Ashley that um, sh- she is blessed because I can do this here with her. I thank you guys for allowing us to do that. And again, you'll see your studio when I have it set up. I'll take some pictures and make sure that you that you have it. You guys are wonderful. All right, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these messages now coming down. I have another video, but let me go ahead and I I I'll leave the video for tomorrow. Let me talk to you guys with what you have here. Uh, Let's see. Daniel Ledosa, Sixto, is actually saying Western culture should not celebrate and give preference to Western art. Western culture, he's not saying Western culture should not give price to Western art. What he's saying is a reality. Western culture in America, in Europe, is no longer just Western culture. When slaves were brought in and when all these other people were brought in to make America, to make Europe what Europe is and what they all are, the culture changed. It was no longer just Western culture. So therefore, we're saying, not because we live here, those that are not original Westerners, I'm a Westerner now, but I'm also of all the other descents that I am. I'm Latin, Caribbean, Western, Black, all the things that comprises. Uh, America is no longer just a Western democracy. America is made up of so many different parts that built it. And as such, all these cultures must have equal access. Equal access to be viewed. Uh, Lee Grant says, how does, BIPOC, how does BIPOC play Beethoven any different than a white... No, it's not about playing it different. When my, my daughter played the violin in, in school, and my daughter played Bach, my daughter played... Beethoven, By Bartok, Tchaikovsky, all those different things at her school. And she played it exactly as written for the concert. Now, the example that I gave with Beethoven was two, two guys love Beethoven, and they said, you know what, but I want to add a little bit of my kind of beat to Beethoven, and they made a arch, a great piece out of it, and they play Beethoven, and they go around the country playing Beethoven with a different kind of, with a different kind of tonality. It's great, I beat everything. It's great It's emergent it's it's like what I say I love Italian food I love I love Mexican food I love every kind of food I'm not asking these guys to change it I'm I, I'm saying all of these are equal in my opinion. actually don't forget that Beethoven's music was paranoid for most of his life there uh, was was banned from pan for most of his life there was nearly a rat when his third sem- I didn't know that. Carl Cox a mega rich in the mega corporation used tax money for the rest of America the bottom line 9.5% also known as corporate mega rich welfare got you? All right, uh, coming down. Lee, by the way, Lee Grant, welcome aboard. I haven't seen you in a while, brother. Thank you for coming back. I'll have a lot of my conservatives on today as well. Of course, our progressives are here in force. Uh, Michael Rudnick, pardon to step away. Uh, just remember the time, the change in time that we're going to have. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Egberto, please don't type while he's st- talking. I didn't realize that the microphone was still picking up while... Again, like I said, I don't quite have all this, these uh things figured out yet. Egberto, will is do what you must do. We will deal when you can. A later show seems better, not in the middle of the day. Got you, my friend. Egberto, remember to sleep six hours. I've been getting four hours on average. I need to improve on that. You're here, chatting, sharing, learning all the ah ah yes, folks. It is that time. And Bridge MCP reminds us, please visit. Let me let me go ahead and put that up in there. Bridge, thank you for reminding us, please go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube, politicsunright.com slash YouTube if you want to support us, or just go ahead and click, if you're on YouTube right now, click on that join button, become a part of our PDR posse, but again, you can always go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube to join if you're not on YouTube, if you're on some other platform, you can also join our patron at politicsunright.com slash patron, politicsandright.com slash patron. Alternatively, you can give us support at our PayPal. That is politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Politicsandright.com slash PayPal. We need a steady, a steady flow of income from these different methods. That and you notice we try a lot of different methods so that we are not dependent on any one particular whether Google or Facebook or, or Instagram or well Instagram and Google or Instagram and Facebook are the same. We make sure to have it all because at some point in time, they always try to play games with you. Uh, Now, you can get all our books at politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. You can go ahead and if you want to uh, put some more to our already completed GoFundMe but want to support or stay here in in, uh, Washington, that is politicsandright.com slash GoFundMe. And I do appreciate what you guys have done. You guys have been more than wonderful. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, all right, let me continue answering these, uh, these, these emails. Just support us. Oh, one more link I need to give you. Uh, all the, I'll give it at the end. I'll give it at the end. I'll give it at the end. All right, uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Manchin did not like Schumer slamming Republicans. No, he did not. And I think Republicans deserve to be slammed because, again, it was their debt that the debt ceiling was taken care of. So I am so disappointed that that is not what we did. All right. None of us are original Westerners. Eric Hayes, you're very smart. We all had one place of origin somewhere in Africa. Tom C., when will Trump himself be subpoenaed by the January 6th commission? He should be forced to testify to Congress about his role in the insurrection and attempted coup. If he refuses, lock him up. They Remember, they used to love that phrase. Lock him up. I agree. Tom C. was, uh, was and him and three others like Barron are not complying. Exactly. Uh, Rose Williams has mentioned. You can, you can say projection. Who is more entitled to? Uh, than a person who is using his position to line his pockets and not protect his constituents. Why should he have health care, et cetera? We're paying for his entitlement. So true, so true. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. I can confirm the PayPal link works. Be sure to select sending money to a friend. Thank you so kindly, brother. Hi, Coop333. Bridge MCP, I so wish I could. Bridge, look, let me tell you something, guys. Let me tell you something. I am happy. When I started, when I did, when I went from my company to do this, I knew what I was doing. I knew that it was gonna be slogging. I but you know when you have a passion to do something, and all of you do, you do it, and things work out when you're doing the right thing. They just tend to work out. There are certain things we didn't expect. My daughter having two strokes, that was that was a difficult one, and that was nowhere. It probably should have been, but it was nowhere in my plans that the problems would come from the younger side. My wife with lupus, I thought, would have been more a problem than even thinking it was my daughter. Eric Hayes says, Igberto, what is your opinion on Turner stuff in Houston? I don't know enough, but if he was redirecting money uh, to somebody that hurt people, he should pay the price. Uh, I'm very consistent in what I support, and I think you should know that by now, Eric Hayes. Rose William, there is a big difference between giveaways to those who don't need money and use the money to grow their portfolios and investments in our workers who produce goods and services. Agreed. Eric, isn't Biden lining his pockets via Hunter? If you want to believe the misinformation that you get, uh, you know, it's kind of silly because why would Biden have to do something so strange as to go to Russia with his son to make all this money? When Biden can make as much money as he wants in the United States by just using his name, I mean the conspiracy theories are so silly. It, it it pretty much says that people are so silly that they would do things that they know would likely get them in trouble. Biden can be by. It's easier to be an American a crook in America than it is a crook working with Russia. The reason. Trump worked so well with Russia is he had already abused all his American tricks. And therefore, nobody would fall for the things anymore. So, next bet, Russia. Bridge MCP, if Congress... Daniel Adol says, there are no original humans. We are all just hairless gorillas. Seriously, how far back do y'all need to go to try to negate the white European? What? Uh, what do you mean by negate the white European? I, I I don't know what you mean by negate the white European. What does negate? You can't negate something that is. You can't negate something that is. So what do you mean exactly, Daniel? I, I would love to deconstruct that to understand what exactly you mean. Because even when you talk about the white European, there's no such thing as a some full pure blood bred white European, because Europeans share so many different distinctions within their own DNA. I find it laughable that somebody wants to talk about uh, distinct European nature. And you know what is so funny, and this happened on one of the talk shows I remember one time. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot, of, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of white people, uh, especially in America, many of whom, Somehow have some lineage intermingled with the African slaves, so there are a lot of blue-eyed blondes walking around with a few genes that would be considered more conducive to black folk. It doesn't necessarily show up in 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 hue or pigmentation, but there's a lot. And you know, people start you know with all these researching with all these um uh what what is that thing that measures your genome um, that measures your D- DNA, uh. I forgot the name uh, of the, the the group or or the organization that tells you where you're from and what pieces of you're from Africa, Ethiopia, Europe, or whatever. Um, you know, I tell you what, we're all we're all human beings, and we all kind of share different DNAs. That's why I always talk to you guys about. There's a possibility I could give some blue-eyed blonde listening to this show right now my heart if I drop dead, and they and and they couldn't accept one. Yes, DNA analysts, and they couldn't accept one from their own sister. Remember that. We're all humans. We're all humans. The only reason I have to talk race is that because we've been corrupted by this fallacy. Only reason. Anyhow, we got to get out of here. So I want to thank you all for being the best audience anyone can ask for, being some of the best supporters anyone can ask for. Um. Uh, Twenty-three and me. Thank you, Lee Grant. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, so I want to thank you. And I'm I'm going to leave the the GoFundMe up uh, a little bit more, even though we've reached our 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 goal. Just again for whatever comes in for our incidentals out here, and then I'll take it down, take the the link down, this link on the screen down in a few days. But again, Egberto, four minutes ago. Agreed that there are no original Europeans, negating them, and then plays dumb. Oh, Lord. how That was dishonest, and a dishonest characterization, uh, but anyhow, that's okay. Uh, my name is Igbe. Before I go, go please support us at these other links. This, this is a catch-all. Politicsunright.com slash support is the catch-all link to support the program. Politicsunright.com slash support. Look, thank you so kindly for being here. You know what I believe in. Love you guys. My name is Igberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out.